Hey everyone, I'm Abe and this is 20. Today I'm chatting with Orion from Nashville, Tennessee. And in 20 questions, we're going from how was your Tuesday to questions of basic identity and purpose. Hey, yo, thanks for joining me today, Orion. Abe, how's it going? Great. So we have around 30 questions to cover, 30 minutes to cover all 20 questions. So I'd like to begin. How would your friends describe you, Orion? Um, I would say that my friends would say that I'm pretty free spirited, kind of go with the flow and also just like physically I like to do stuff like cliff jump or hang out of a car window and stuff like that. And so I think that's one thing people would say. And then I also am an artist and I think a lot of my friends, my closer friends know that if they have been friends with me for a while, um, just that I like to express stuff, not always through the normal like language format. So I'm sorry if this interview is choppy. I mean, I like to write poetry, but I also like to just kind of talk about and view life through making things. And so it's not always these verbal expressions, but yeah, free-spirited artist. There you go. Wonderful. Has there been anything that you've made in your life that you're really proud of that kind of reflects your um, kind of perception of the world? Oh, that's a good question. Um, One thing that I've been doing recently is kind of inspired by just my, I'm so much on a phone all the time or screen, computer screen. And so Rebecca and I just traveled on this little trip to visit my brother in Central America. And then we went to Colombia for fun. And I'm like making physical, tangible, basically like scrapbooks, but they're actually compiled of like receipts and boarding passes. And they're just these like physical art, poem, journey, dialogue collections. And so that's a recent one that I would say I feel like I connect with or I've just like I've enjoyed doing it you know so sure so you said cliff diving I'm super scared of heights what is how um high is the highest cliff you've jumped off of oh man I was on a road trip with my brother Caleb in um hello hello did you hear that like drum sound yeah, it sounded like um, like a feedback thing, but it was, I didn't do it. Did you do it? No, I'm just standing here. That's awesome. Okay. That wasn't me. Okay, I don't know what that was. Um, it sounded like a drum stand falling or something. Well, I do have this little gadget on this system that sounds like this. That's oh, am I? That's I might have <laughs> I might have clicked it accidentally. Cliff jumping, but um. <laughs> Highest one was with my brother in the Canadian Rockies. Glacier runoff water, so the water was freezing cold. And my brother did it first, like 100% kudos to him because we didn't watch anyone do it before us, but we knew it was super deep. But it was like 50 to 60 feet, which is really high, a lot of hang time. And then just like your body shriveled up like a raisin after you hit the water because it was so cold. Wait, so you didn't like break any bones from 50 feet? No, I mean, we had both done it a decent... I mean, you have to have balance. It's all about how you enter the water. So 
If you have your arms out, like that's gonna hurt really bad. If your legs are spread apart, that could be real bad. Uh, so yeah, it's like a balance act. And you just Crazy. try to be like a pencil, you know, like point your toes. So real life, I don't even like standing on top of a chair, let alone 50 feet. So kudos to you. Um, Orion, my fifth question for you is what does your system of morality look like? Wow. I think I, I'm with the Richard Rohr. If you know who that is, he's this guy in New Mexico who's Catholic technically, but he's kind of approaches religion from this third way. And so talks about how there's like construction in our lives and then deconstruction and reconstruction. And my morality was constructed in the Judeo-Christian, like evangelical Christian realm through stories in the Bible and Jesus stories and Old Testament stories. And I think what I believe has like expanded kind of like I recently heard this analogy, like life is like you're looking at a picture frame, but then you're slowly moving backwards and seeing more and more instead of just that smaller frame. And so I'm still figuring out how to have a solid, sturdy morality, even though I have, you know, like less black and white rigid views about the Bible being 100% accurate and me believing everything it writes about everything spanning time. Um, so, and Rebecca and I don't have kids, but I think the reason I'm trying to figure out the answer to this question is because you do need structure when you're a kid growing up to develop correctly. And so, I don't know, I'm still figuring out like how I'm gonna offer morality and what I believe to a child, but, um, yeah, so a lot of the principles in the Bible I still align with or agree with. There's stuff about Jesus that's very like countercultural, you know, don't try to get rich, actually like be poor and serve people and um, instead of like trying to hoard up stuff for yourself, which is kind of like our nature, tribal survival instinct, you actually like sacrifice yourself for the benefit of others. And those are all like principles that I still believe in. Um, when I look at like the lives that I respect the most that exist, you know, that I observe. So fluid Christian morality. <laughs> sure. No, that makes sense. Quickly. I think I'm getting a little bit of feedback. Um, I don't know if you can hold your microphone closer to your mouth, but um, my sixth question is you talked a little bit about, you know, not knowing how you want to raise your kids. Um, what does the word parenting make you, how does the word parenting make you feel? Excited, scared. Oh, now I'm hearing that feedback too. Excited, excited, scared, purpose, the simple beauty of life in your everyday. I really want to be a grandparent someday. And so uh, there's a logical first step. <laughs> yeah. Those are some of the things that come to mind. Lovely. Um, what keeps Orion up at night? Hmm. I have been very blessed with deep sleep. We we're just talking about this cause I was with my brother in Panama, Central America and his kids 
one of them like doesn't sleep and my mom was saying man Orion, ever since you were like a baby like five months old you like slept through the night so i will preface this by i usually sleep really well which i'm very thankful for because i have plenty of friends that do not sleep well um, for a various allotment of reasons but i think the spirit of your question is i think when i get most riled up is when I, someone talking about ideas that I really like am excited about. And so a lot of that would have to do like with innovation around environmental approaches and innovation around how we can expand human empathy. I get excited about those hopeful conversations because I'm kind of like a, not a cynic, but I'm like more of a critical thinker by nature, more prone to be like thinking face than like smiling face, but I've tried to grow that side of myself and get excited about those kind of conversations. Hmm. How do you think we can expand human empathy? I don't know. It's interesting because in what, in some ways I, I don't know if humans will be alive in a hundred years, not to be super grim or whatever, just because nuclear weapons exist and I know enough about humans to, not be crazy brimming with optimism, but then at the same time, technology is advancing. I know slavery still really exists and is rampant in certain contexts, but generally speaking as a human population, we know that that's wrong. And that has that's like a change in human history, technically. Like slaves have been okay up until like the 1800s in human history in different societies and equal rights for people regardless of what their gender is and stuff like that. So I, I have like this hope, but then, yeah. So basically I don't know if our brains are evolving to be more empathetic or I don't know if we're going to have enough time, but like pieces of me think that we are evolving to be more altruistic on some level, almost because it's a survival thing, but also because, I can find some examples of that, but obviously like there's still crazy, horrible things happening all over the world. Hello. I'm here. It said lost <laughs> connection to server attempting to reconnect. Could you, you still oh. hear me? Yeah. It's still recording. So. Okay, cool. Re- reconnected. Hey, this is a real live conversation and whatever yeah, is thrown at us. We'll take for real. There's just still so much dissonance and things to be discouraged by. Like I just listened to the Daily, which is New York Times Daily News podcast. And on last Friday, they were talking about these two different sets of girls that had been abducted by ISIS and kidnapped. And, you know, like the harsh, brutal realities that still exist for so many people. They would hear me saying what I just said about altruism and just scoff and laugh, you know. So I know it's very contextual to where you are, but... Yeah, there's pieces of me that hope we're evolving towards something better, but I think I'm still researching and reading books on that and having conversations around it. And sometimes those conversations go in circles, but sometimes you actually feel like, oh, this person wrote something that is very fascinating around that, you know? Sure. I actually met uh, you, Orion, during our time um, volunteering with Invisible Children, and that was quite a while ago. And... How do you think 
the world has changed because you were kind of focusing on a specific issue in Africa. And now um, we are more aware of a lot of things going like going on, like you just said about ISIS. Um, how do you think, has, do you think it's gotten better since then? Or do you think it's gotten worse? Or do you think that we're just more aware and it stays the same? Oh, I don't know. I mean, I think technically right now is the safest it's ever been to be alive. So I know that there's a lot of, you know, terrorism and things that get a lot of space on certain outlets. But I think like technically this is the safest time as a human being ever in known history. But I think... I travel, like lived in the Dominican Republic when I was a kid, when I was 10 for a year. And when you're exposed to a different culture and complexity, I, th- I like I advocate for that. I, th- I wish it was more part of like the high school curriculum in developed nations. But sometimes that complexity can be hard to handle and can't even create apathy if you know, if you're just exposed to despair. So I think it has made things more complex to know more now because you can see it all and kind of feel hopeless. But there's also so, I mean, that's what I learned at Invisible Children was even though I'm critical and I can be critical of causes and social movements, like, that taught me, and it's just in the middle of my chest, just that I'm always going to err on the side of being a part of trying to solve something than just stepping back in complete apathy. You know, like I want to be a part, I always want to be a part of, of trying, you know? And I know that that, I know that you can hurt by helping, but I also know that you can't come back from apathy if that's the path you choose in life. Hmm. So that makes sense. So kind of steering our conversation in a different way, um, more personal. Um, what are some things that your closest friends don't know about you? Um, what are some things my closest friends? Man. I feel I I don't know if I it depends on when they have come into my my path in my life. I think you know a lot of people now wouldn't know that I was raised in a sev- like the Seventh-day Adventist church which is pretty conservative. Um, A lot of people might not know that based on how I describe myself at the beginning of the podcast. In high school, I was like this blend of athlete, Christian, academic, scholar. Like I was in this academy program, but I think a lot of people wouldn't know that I played, you know, baseball and football all four years of high school that, you know, I spent just thousands of hours playing sports growing up and some people know that about me because they know that I love to still 
be active, and but they might not know that I was like an athlete in high school. Um, yeah, I, I think that I, I try to be honest. That dynamic has shifted a little bit as I've gotten older. So I try not to keep too much hidden from people, but I don't know. Right on. I ask this uh, question every episode. Um, when is the last time you cried and why? Hmm. Watching, I don't know if you have seen it yet. It's a, I think it's a Netflix original. It's called Okja. O-K-J-A. It is about a girl and a genetically modified pig. And there's a bunch of, you know, people you would recognize, or there's several people you would recognize in it. But um, that movie has a lot of caricatures and stuff, but there's this empathy component between the girl and her fight to, her fight to save the life of, of this animal. And it's, there's a super powerful, heavy scene at the end that I cried in. And, um, I grew up with a dad that cried a lot and my mom, but I, I've never, I've always like, I cry a couple times every month. I don't cry like all the time, but, um, I'm okay. I'm comfortable crying. So movies that make me cry are like so cool. Cause I, I love it. I love times like that. Um, my 12th question is who's taught you the most lately and what have they taught you? Well, one of my friends, Colin Fatkey, he's my age is a little bit older, but he has two kids and he's a freelance photographer in Nashville. And I think he's taught me, he's like showed me modeled for me, like what kind of parent I want to be. He is all about his family and he loves his kids so much and just plays with them. But he also has this kind of like, I don't know, confidence around them and other kids like in his neighborhood, him and his wife helped these refugees kind of as they got resettled um, that moved from Congo and they weren't like their caseworkers, but his wife Mallory used to work with refugees in Nashville. So they like go over and he's helped them like driving to school when the time zone changed and the kids didn't know that like it was an hour later or taking the dad to the post office and shipping stuff to their family in another part of the U.S. And he like let them borrow his lawnmower and this like 10 year old kid was like mowing the lawn. And it was just cool because he's like, he like showed him how to use it for like two minutes, maybe five minutes. And then just like let this kid use it and I think so much of the parenting I see, there's just like lots of fear or I don't know how to describe it. Like sometimes people give up their lives for their kids and he kind of like maintains his life, but he really cares about his kids. But he also like gives them, you know, freedom to, you know, like learn and experience stuff and, and maybe mess up or do something that they'll learn from. So 
that's someone that I'm learning from, even though I, I mean, I don't have kids right now, but, and yeah, I feel like I'm always learning from my wife, Rebecca, which is just a blessing. She is someone that is, um, she's a musician in Nashville. There's lots of ups and downs with that. And she's just always like, I'm always like a part of that journey with her, but she also like cares so much about developing as a person and, and she's like active in her life. And so that reminds me and teaches me and helps me as well. What's one of the things you love most about Rebecca? I like that when she laughs, like when she like really laughs, she does this like nose crinkle thing. And I love her and her sisters like talking on the phone or just hanging out and laughing. It's like she's an older sister and I'm a younger brother. And it's just like she cares so much for her family and loves them so much, but has just like this laid back fun with them too. Um, And... I do really love that she is such a wordsmith and has an incredible way with language, like stuff she'll write about certain seasons of her life or certain trips or just letters or encouraging like birthday notes. She is just a really, really incredible writer. And that plays into her songwriting too and her music. But I've just been lucky to get a lot of writing from her because we distance dated and so that's one of my favorite things as well i love her writing and i just adore you both and i think you guys are super amazing so thank you for being my friend oh dude um so my 14th my 14th question is how do you hope you'll change as a person in the future say that again how do i hope that i will change yep well, before we started recording this conversation, I asked you what you did today and you talked about working on a project that you weren't, just a, like a photo editing project of yours that you weren't stoked about doing, but you just did it anyways. And you're also now doing this podcast, which is like a creative brainchild. And I think I'm wired as a human to be kind of content and seek harmony and I do I do sometimes fight for redemption and like you know justice when people are being wronged especially like underdogs but a lot of the time I'm just kind of like trying to maintain this like peace around me and I sometimes am not super motivated to create because I do feel like an artist but I I know that I could spend more hours doing that. And when I do put that time and focus in, there's such a reward. But I, I'm still now at 28 years old, I'm still not great at doing that like as a behavior all the time. And, you know, I don't have kids right now. I have like more time than I'm ever going to probably have to you know, focus on those things. And I still want to do that as we have a family, but just the realities of, of time are, you know, I want to be a present father as well. So yeah, I think that's one way I hope to develop is to really like 
put more work into put more hours and focus time into the art. And then alongside that, just to develop a more clear voice with the creative projects that I choose because I'm kind of like adaptable and just go with what's in front of me. So, yeah. You've talked a lot about being a father in the future and what have you learned from your father that you hope to um, instill in your children in the future? play my dad I can still make up a game on a spot and you know life is about a lot of things but one thing that it is about is just like making fun little memories and I have so many fun memories of making up game with little pebbles in parking lots with my dad or whatever just like my dad has always played with my brother and I and you know, I I have two, you know, a brother, two boys. That's like our family. So it might depend a little bit on what, you know, what that brings if we have more introspective. But yeah, I still want to just figure out ways to spontaneously enjoy little moments. That's lovely. Um, my 16th question is, if a genie were to grant you three wishes right now, what would you wish for? Oh, man. Altruistic, pure world peace. And that's number one. Clean water for everybody. Number two. And three. Um, the ability to time travel. <laughs> Where would you time travel the first opportunity you had? That's my 17th question. Oh, man. Am I going alone? Boo, you can imagine whatever you want. <laughs> I feel like it would be so fun to go back and watch, like, fly on the wall style. My... Like ancestors, starting with my parents, like it'd be so fun to like follow one of my parents around in their high school days, you know, without them knowing that I was there and then so on and so forth with my family. And then um, it would be fun to go back as a kid and watch the NBA finals with my brother, which I already got to experience, but he was a little bit older than me and he was like always tall and loved basketball. I don't really remember that. So that would be a lot of fun. And from Chicago, the Bulls were really good in the early 90s for anybody listening. Um, and then going way back could be so fun to, to go to, oh, I don't know. Yeah, that's my answer. <laughs> to be friends with Hamilton. Yeah. Um, so we only have a couple minutes left and I have three questions. Um, what are you thankful for right now in this moment? Our friendship. Oh, thank you. I appreciate that. Mm -hmm. Um, what is the most surprising self-realization that you've had? Hmm.
the most surprising self-realization. One recent one is that I care a lot, like I'm a, I do freelance video work and I'm a filmmaker, but I also, I realized that I just value people a lot. And so a recent self-realization was just that like, oh, I could see myself doing anthropology and a research thing that I am not filming at all. Or I could see myself working in the public sector doing community outreach. And, you know, I might do like a tad bit of filming stuff, but it might be way more like uh, community work advocacy work, uh, listening and understanding work. And yeah, that was kind of like, oh yeah, I could totally change paths of my life and I might enjoy life just mm. as much. Um, cause right now I'm like doing the freelance video thing kind of. So, yeah. That's a neat realization. Mm-hmm. So every episode I end off with this question, what life lesson do you walk around with on the daily? <sighs> okay. Stick with me for these last 30 seconds. I remember <laughs> when Snapchat came out and everybody was hating, you know, before Instagram stories and stuff. Because what I loved about Snapchat was you could send someone a little snippet of a video and then it was gone. And it was kind of this existential thing of like, wow, this moment that you're in right now, you might get in a car accident on the way home. You might not have another evening with your significant other. So just kind of like the charged focus of being alive is every once in a while and during the day, it'll hit me, you know, and it's not something I say out loud. It's just like, whoa, look at the light coming through that glass right now as that woman walks by with her child, you know, and what a wild thing to be alive and have seen that. And I hope that that kid is so loved, you know, just like just little moments like that. Um, because life is, I, you know, I've had friends die young. I've had friends that don't have the same opportunities that I have. I've had, you know, just this reality that like life is, sacred and precious and you can access that every day mm. sorry if wow. that's cliche but no and knowing you i know you feel it and mean it and that's why i love you and that's why i'm your friend and that inspires me you know you said you know it could be the last night with your partner you know i'm gonna go enjoy the night with isaac because of that so um that concludes our 20 questions it was so awesome talking with you today, Orion. So thank you so, so much for your time. Yeah, Abe, um, thanks, man. I'm excited to listen to these other conversations you have once you drop them. Post drop, them. In, drop in the mic, Abe minus 100 meets 20 questions. <laughs> all right, that's all for me, folks. So until next time, keep it real. Cheers. <laughs>